your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 251 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Pillar up in Collingwood. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your first order. Huge show ahead of a week filled with Battles of Ontario. The third edition will start tonight, so you know we're all over that game. Locked On, Lookout, and keys to an Ottawa victory. You know what? This series can always use some extra physicality. Not yet, but in the future, somebody who may be added to this great rivalry, Tyler Clevin, joins the show of the North Dakota Fighting Senators. They are an absolute wagon. They're coming off a pair of victories against Denver on their road to the Penrose Cup and maybe a national championship. We're already going to talk to Clevin about winning he was on that gold medal team at the World Juniors alongside his old buddy from the U.S. program, Jake Sanderson. We get into their relationship a whole lot more. Stay tuned. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Monday, February 15th in Pilsy. Right now, the Toronto Maple Leafs first in the North Division, the Ottawa Senators in last. But when these two teams get together, just throw the standings right out the window. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime there's a battle of Ontario, you can't really take a look at the standings because there's a lot of emotion tied to this. And hey, the Sens beat them on the season opener. And then the second game wasn't that far off either. So this is a game that if the Senators can find their game and not get behind the eight ball early here, I think they have a chance. But Tough news, Ross, as literally seconds ago on the wire, we're finding out that Matt Murray will not be playing in tonight's game. It's going to be Hogberg with Decord backing up. But the real question is, it's not really the current question, but how serious is Matt Murray's injury? And is he going to be out long-term? Because if he's out long-term, now that he's he's got his uh, legs under him and he's been playing really well lately, this could be a massive, massive blow for a, an already in tough Ottawa Senators team. The good news, Pilsy, is that Matt Murray was on the ice this morning, actually in the visitor net, so threw a few people for a loop because that's typically where the starter will be, but he stayed out to do some extra work after practice. You figure with these three games against Toronto this week, they're Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So naturally, it would be that Wednesday, Thursday, you wanted to split up with your backup and starter, both getting some action. You mentioned Joey Decord will back up tonight. He was called up from Belleville yesterday which was kind of strange because Philip Gustafson had been up he backed up in Winnipeg the last game there Saturday afternoon and we'll see I'm assuming uh, a move is going to come later today or maybe they just carry four goalies because they have that open roster flexibility now without Cedric Paquette or Alex Galchenyuk I'm gonna get to who's replacing the, the one it seemed like one of those two was always in the lineup and You think it opened up a move for some youth, but that doesn't seem to be the case. But when we stick with goaltending for now, will Joey Decord get to play in one of these three games against the Leafs? You got to assume so. Like, I really don't like the idea of Marcus Hogberg going back to back against the Leafs. That just, that's a recipe for disaster and isn't really fair for anyone. And hey, 
Joey, Joey deserves a shot with, uh, if the spot's open, I think he deserves a shot. It was a tough start for him in Belleville. That's for sure. Five, one loss to Laval rocket for the season opener. But I think if you're going to go with anyone, it's got to be Joey over Gustafson. So definitely I could see that happening and Hey, it'd be great to see our guy, Joey back in NHL action. Absolutely. He's played a few games already in this arena. Typically when Belleville came to Toronto, Last year, they played a few against the Marlies at their at Rico Coliseum, but they would go into the big barn uh, on occasion, typically on like a Sunday afternoon. So he has experience playing in this barn. And this time it would be his first time without his dad working for the Leafs organization. He had been a goalie consultant for Toronto, but now he's with the Arizona Coyotes as a special assistant to their general manager. Moving to the forwards now, and Artem Anisimov didn't only play against the Jets, but right now he's still centering the fourth line between Austin Watson and yeah, Josh Norris from first to fourth line. What do you make of that? And why haven't we seen either Alex Formanton or Vitalia Bramov or Philip Schlappick, one of these younger roster players come up while Ryan Zingle stays in quarantine? Well, I don't think uh, we should be crying for Formanton, Schlappick, or Bramov to be coming up just yet. I mean, these guys, other, I thought Formanton played a nice game, but the other two, Schlappick and Bramov, I didn't love their games in Belleville. So you want to fine-tune a couple things before they get up. If anyone was to get called up, I think it would be Formanton. That would make the most sense. Or maybe Schlappick again, who knows. But it's tough for Norris because he's going to be stuck between Nisimov and Watson. And sure, I'm okay with him getting less minutes, but less minutes with line mates that don't work with his style of play. That doesn't seem to be good for anyone. Even Anisimov and Watson, it's not great for. So that's a bit of a head scratcher for me, for sure. Here's how the rest of the senators are lining up. I'll go from fourth to first line since we already know Norris and Isimov Watson. It's Derek Stepan between Tim Stutzla and Drake Batherson. That's personally where I'd have Josh Norris. This is my favorite line, though. Colin White has been playing awesome hockey alongside Dadanov recently. Nick Paul on that third on that unit as well is, is solid. And then Chris Tierney between Brady Kachuk and Connor Brown. On the back end, it's Shabbat Zaitsev, Riley Zub, and Will Lannan Gabranson. We already talked about the tendies for that one. So out of those players tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are you locked on, Pilsy? Well, I'm going to be locked on to Brady Kachuk after getting the game-winning goal in the last game with eight seconds left. And I talked about it. I wanted to watch that Selly on loop. I retweeted someone uh, made a GIF of it. I forget who, but that GIF of them celebrating that goal is incredible. So go check that out if you haven't seen it. But that's a massive goal for Brady because this is a guy that's kind of been shouldering a lot of the responsibility for this Sens team and he gets rewarded for it there. So I see him coming into this game with a lot of emotion. He doesn't like how the last game ended against the Leafs. And I can see a big game from Brady Kachuk who it's pretty crazy to hear that he's leading the entire league in shots. Like that's what you want to see from Brady Kachuk. Let's get that shooting percentage up a little more though, I think is uh, going to be key for Brady here. Shout out to Ricky Miller at Sens fan in Asia, the man you're referencing oh, with the nice. gift of the goal. Yeah, all the way from the other side of the world, which is where we thought Mike Riley's head was at sometimes in the first seven games of the season. But he has been so solid these past eight games. I'm going to go right to our Sens Central Citizens Twitter feed at Shaq TS. Trevor Shackles had a great stat on Mike Riley, my locked on player tonight, paired with Artem Zub. Now, maybe Zub's. Uh, confidence moving the puck simply in his own end and his positional play is helping Mike Riley thrive. But listen to these stats that Trevor pointed out first seven games for Mike Riley, a course he under 50% and expected goals under 50%. And he was on the ice for three goals, four and 11 
against. Whereas in the last eight games, only five goals against, and he's been on for four of his own team's goals, including that shot that was deflected by Brady Kachuk for the game winner against Winnipeg. His Corsi up at 60% among the team leaders and the expected goals when he's on the ice at five on five is close to 70%. So that is quite the turnaround in Mike Riley's game. Let's hope that can continue this week because against the Leafs team, who we know how good they are in transition, they have superstars who can move the puck in a hurry through middle ice. Ottawa's going to have to defend that and do the same. Yeah, and that's that's the tall task that the Senators are faced with here. Like that top six for the Leafs is insanely good and insanely talented. And we've said it all along with Riley. Get him in the right position as playing under 20 minutes a night and get him with Artyom Zub, who is a fan favorite. And we can see some good results from him. And we're seeing that. So that's good. I mean, a Corsi at 60%, that's exceeding expectations, I would say for sure. That's pretty phenomenal for being a defenseman on a last place team. But Hopefully the decor, I think, is pretty much set now. We're going to see some fluctuation when Eric Branstrom is healthy. But as of now, I'm thinking that decor is going to stay the same. Hopefully the I, I really don't love the lines tonight. So maybe we'll see DJ Smith uh, fire up the blender during the game. But that's all going to be interesting. It's it's never a dull moment in Sens land. That's for sure. No movement always. Speaking of movement, Ryan Dezingle, the newest Ottawa senator, will wear number 10. But he has to wait until March 1st will be his next game eligible. It'll be against the Calgary Flames, but that's such a long wait. Meanwhile, Pilsy, Cedric Paquette is already on the ice at Hurricanes practice two days later. So riddle me that, strange enough. The other half of that trade, Alex Galchenyuk, among others, Paul Byron. I know there's some talk on social media. Maybe Ottawa interested that there. All clearing waivers at noon today. So that's a bit of a roundup. We gave our locked on players before we get to our interview with Tyler Clevin, some North Dakota talk. Let's give our lookout player. We'll save our key to victory for the end of the show following the interview. But which player are you keyed on tonight in a Maple Leafs uniform? Well, it's the guy I'm usually keyed on when I'm watching the Leafs, and that's Mitch Marner. He leads the team in points. And, man, Mitch Marner, I think, is one of the guys I despise the most in the league. Like, he's just too damn good. He's a small little guy. It seems like he's always whining and complaining and falling down when he plays the centers and drawing weak penalties. Like, I just, I cannot stand watching Mitch Marner play against the Ottawa Senators. So, unfortunately, I'm going to be locked on to a guy I cannot stand because he's too good to avoid. And he's going to be a guy, when the Sens and Leafs played at the start of the season, he racked up a bunch of points and he was a big part of that offense so he's going to be a guy I'm looking out for for sure you know that Mitch Marner out of 15 games this year has a point in all but three yeah he was on an eight game point streak at one uh, stretch he it's just mind-boggling to me and we don't need to dive too deep into it Mike Babcock never played Mitch Marner with Austin Matthews like didn't that just seem like the most natural fit ever the shooter the passer and and now they're together and Mitch Marner has assisted on more Austin Matthews goals than any duo in the NHL in the past three seasons. He's assisted on 31 Austin Matthews goals in the past two seasons, I mean to say, uh, since the start of 2018. So that is just wild in, in a sense as well, that he was just so stubborn that he didn't want to have two kids on the same line, which is Hopefully something that DJ Smith can learn from. I'm going to be locked on. I want to say Austin Matthews, but just for sake of giving a different answer, I'll say Jason Spezza. He was coming off a hat-trick performance about a week ago, and honestly, he turned back the clock. It looked last year that he was slowing down, and next thing you know, this guy's almost at a point per game this season, and 
as much as it sucks that it's in the blue and white, it's good for Jason Spets. Always a likable guy. Also of note with the Leafs, Joe Thornton returns to the lineup. He's been out since, uh, I believe, against Ottawa he got hurt. Or maybe it was a few games later. But he's been out since basically the start of the season. What kind of impact can Jumbo have? He's not the best player in the NHL anymore, but he's still uh, a presence out there too. So three battles of Ontario, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Hopefully the Sens can improve on their current record, which sits at 3-12-1. Hilsey, a team whose record is basically flipped from that. The North Dakota Fighting Senators or Fighting Hawks, depends what you want to call them, but they just seem like they've, they're steamrolling everybody, especially since they've been back at the Ralph. Yeah, it's been good for them. Uh, they had they had a bit of a tough time with Omaha earlier in January, but then Denver comes to town and uh, they get the two-game sweep this weekend, winning 3-0 and then 5-2, some nice performances. And, man, Shane Pinto, this guy. If, like, we don't follow the rest of college hockey that closely, but I'd be shocked if this guy isn't top three in Hobie Baker finalists because he just does it all. Multi-point nights, two goals in the first game. Uh, Bernard Dawkins had some points too like these guys are just humming along and they're they're just a fine-tuned machine that I cannot wait to see them in the playoffs especially single game elimination that's about as exciting as it gets and I don't see any reason why this team can't go all the way if they can maintain health but big loss their goalie shield that's a tough loss for uh und here because although they're a stacked team they do rely on him to make key saves at key times and he's done that so it's gonna be interesting to see how they fare without their starting tandy peter tomey the backup though and he's been there for years i think he'll do just fine north dakota sitting at 15 4 and 1 you mentioned the single elimination playoffs the winner of this nchc tournament which starts on march 12th will get an automatic bid into the NCAA tournament, the finals. But with the NCHC, the conference for the Penrose Cup, it's all going to be at the Ralph Engelstadt Arena where North Dakota is currently 4-0. and They'll have an opportunity to make that mark even better when they return to action this Friday, February 19th, against Johnny Gin and Tyconic and the rest of the Omaha University. I feel like we've had this conversation before. What's their team name? Mavericks, Mavericks, the Mavericks. Hey, this Friday, when they host the University of Omaha, one of the defensemen in that game, a Ottawa Senators draft pick, Tyler Clevin. We teased it earlier. We had a great chat with him. So without further ado, let's get to it. Here is North Dakota defenseman, Ottawa Senators prospect, Tyler Clevin. All right, we now welcome a very special guest, a freshman with the Nodak Sens. He's a world junior gold medalist who was selected 44th overall by your Ottawa Senators in the 2020 draft. It's a pleasure to welcome the K-Trade, Tyler Clevin himself, locked on Senators. What's up, man? Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. I want to start with that. Has the K-Trade nickname gotten back to you yet? Because it's been circulating on social media, for sure. Yeah, I know. I've, I've heard of it before, and it's pretty cool that everybody talks about it. Big Rig is kind of one of my names that a lot of people call me, but you know, there's uh, been a senator that's been called that already, so we'll see if it sticks. Do you know Anton Volchenkov? Do you remember that name from growing up at all? He was a hard-hitting defenseman, played for Ottawa and Nashville. I don't remember it too much, but I, I think I have heard of it. Yeah, so if you want to hit a YouTube clip or two, he was known. He was kind of like Nicholas Cronwall. He always threw his back into guys, especially coming out of the zone. You had to have your, have your head up 
when Anton Volchenko was on the ice. Same with you. Was that always a part of your game, trying to close gaps quickly and take players out of the play? Yeah, I think that just growing up, my dad is a, a physical player and he played college hockey and um, he kind of taught me the ways of uh, angling guys and, and kind of catching guys with their head down. And I know growing up, I watched every single Nicholas Cronwell video there is. And yeah, I think just over time, it just kind of worked its way to where it is right now. And yeah, I think it's a big part of my game. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, us on the show, we love to see a good hit once in a while. So we love watching you with UND. Now, you grew up in North Dakota. And uh, from some messages we got from your dad, apparently you were a big fan of the outdoor rink. He even told us there was a couple times you'd be out on the outdoor rink for 12 hours a day and refuse to take your equipment off. When did uh, your love of hockey really start? Like at what age were you always outside with a stick in your hand? Um, I was pretty young. I'd say like around four or five, I was always outside. My buddy just lived right down the street. One of my best friends, Cade Sibbies, committed to ASU and we'd always be outside skating around and, and working on our craft and um, just getting better. And my dad had a backyard rink for me, so that definitely helped me out too. And I was always out there. And like you said, I never wanted to take my gear off. And yeah, I just it was so fun. Um, not much else to do in Fargo either. So yeah, I just spent a lot of time out there. I love the solemn protest. You're like, no, like you're not taking me off the rink. Good luck getting my gear off. I'm staying right out here. Was the goal always to play for North Dakota growing up there? Like, was that always the pinnacle for you? Yeah, I think so. I, you know, I was fortunate enough to get a couple other offers, but when North Dakota came, uh, I was definitely just the one I wanted. Growing up, watching all the UND games and just seeing the Ralph and and the and the great coaching staff here, and it's just the perfect place for me. I think close to home too. Did you ever entertain any of those uh, other options? Maybe you wanted a fresh start, uh, get a new atmosphere seeing as you're from North Dakota, or as soon as UND called, you're like, that's the one. I did tour Minnesota Duluth. I know that they're pretty similar school, though. You know, the style that I play, heavy, physical, fast game. And, you know, they, they came at me first, and, you know, they had an offer ready for me. And, um, you know, it was, it was kind of a, you know, a tough decision, kind of waiting and waiting for North Dakota. But, um, I waited out and um, thankfully they came and they gave me an offer and I took it that night too. The photo you took with Jake Sanderson, your buddy, you guys committed on the same day or signed your letters of intent? Yeah, we signed our NLIs on the same day. That's awesome. When did you meet Jake? I know you two played together at the U.S. program as well. Yeah, um, it was going into the NTDP tryouts. We met in the airport. I I didn't recognize him at first and he came up and, and introduced himself and instantly uh kind of hit it off and we've been great friends ever since what's something that most people wouldn't know about jake that you find kind of entertaining about him i just think that his work ethic is 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 unbelievable just uh the way that he prepares every day and i know a lot of people talk about how much sleep he gets and it's actually crazy what he does he he's in bed every night at eight o'clock and he gets his 10 hours every night or whatever it is and just you know the food he eats and just everything he does is just kind of fun to watch and you know I think I've definitely grown off of him a lot too that's a lot of sleep yeah that's intense what happens if you have a late game does he just snoozing on the bench if it's past 8 p.m or what <laughs> I don't know it's just kind of a normal night but on a weeknight it's it's uh pretty early for him he it's likes to uh, get his sleep and come prepared the next day yeah, he certainly does. Now, you were able to join him at the World Juniors. What an awesome situation. You go toe drag upstairs, and after the game, get the phone call. Hey, go join the boys in Plymouth getting ready for the World Juniors. Did you know 
that Jake as an 18 year old on that team I mean I know you were partnered with uh, Brock Faber and you know most of the defensemen on that team did you know that as an 18 year old he would play such a big role on that squad yeah I definitely think that he, he could have I think just his skating ability sets him apart from everyone else and so fast and he's got really good edges and he's just so smart and simple with his game I think that it's it's very mature of him to play the way that he is and um yeah I, I think that going into that I knew that he was going to play a big role and um yeah he, he definitely did too I love the photo of you two with the gold medal after the game that was awesome yeah that was a special moment for sure yeah, I mean, as uh, Ottawa Senators fans and Canadians, we won't get too far into that game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't really, uh, it wasn't was really a say. big deal. Yeah, so we'll just <laughs> moving on from that transitioning. <laughs> so you and Jake obviously uh, kind of attached at the hip when it comes to your hockey career. And hey, you get drafted to the same team in the same draft year. Now, this, this is a draft day unlike any other. Can you take us through what your day was like? You spent uh, most of the day at the Ralph, right? Yeah, my day was uh, pretty hectic. Uh, day two of the NHL draft or in the um, suites here at uh, the Ralph Engelstad Arena. And the draft is playing on the Jumbotron here. And, you know, all the picks went by 31, 32, 33. They kept going. And, and I had to catch a flight too later that day at like three o'clock or something like that. And I got picked at like maybe like one thirty or something like that. And I still had to go home and, and get packed up and, and then get on the flight. I, I almost missed a flight to go out to the World Junior tryouts. And yeah, it was a pretty hectic day, but you know, I was surrounded by my family and it was such a big moment for myself and my community of Fargo and just everyone who's helped me get to where I am today. So you must be like a Minuteman traveler because that's twice now. You've had to hop on a bird really quickly to get to, uh, to represent your country. That must be pretty special. I know you got to play with them at the U-17s as well. What does it mean when you get to put on that red, white, and blue sweater? Yeah, it's definitely very special. You know, I don't get many more chances, but um, you know, when I do, I, I definitely take a lot of pride in it and put that extra 10% in my game when I'm playing with it. And obviously, I want to win every time I have it on. So, Yeah, no doubt. Well, there's a lot of U.S. Uh, graduates on this Ottawa team already and in the pipeline as well from, from Brady Kachuk all the way down. And I want to get back to the draft, though, because night one happened and we know that the picks like you mentioned a lot fewer and further between than the rapid day two situation I know you guys were really happy for Jake getting picked fifth overall on day two did you know Ottawa was interested did you have them circled I mean they traded up to get you I'm gonna be honest I had no clue where I was going I know I've talked to um, you know some teams before that and um, you know when when Ottawa um, traded up um, I think that Toronto had it before and and then all the cameras kind of surrounded me, and I looked at the screen, and I saw Ottawa's moved up, and I was like, okay, this is this is my moment. And, yeah, it was, it was definitely a special moment that I'll never forget. So Yeah, I mean, when uh, the Sens trade up and you're a left-shot defenseman from UND, you probably could have figured that they were at least interested <laughs> in you. That's definitely yeah. an Ottawa Senators type uh, draft pick. Now, you mentioned some other teams were talking to you. How, how many different uh, Zoom calls and meetings did you have? Like, was it kind of spread out, or was there a small group of teams that seemed really interested and dialed into you? Oh, I think that I talked... Uh maybe 29 of the teams out there and um who's the one you didn't we got to drag them um <laughs> i didn't i don't think i talked to the la kings or the nah you don't want to go to la i, I, I can't i can't even remember i love that you got the kings uh photo in the background there too yeah yeah well 
we'll bring that one to Ottawa someday, hopefully. Hope you guys are enjoying our chat with UND's Tyler Clevin, second round draft pick of the Ottawa Senators this season. But we got to interrupt for a quick message from our pals over at Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So many different flavors to choose from. You got eight chocolate with nut flavors, eight chocolate nut free flavors, 16 amazing flavors combined. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. The texture is my favorite part, soft, easy to chew. I usually have a Built Bar every day while I'm editing the pod. It gives me just a little boost of energy and that protein that I need to keep going through. And Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy or girl lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. The nutritional grand slam, as Ross likes to call it. And Pillsy's pick of the week this time, I'm going with a favorite of the show, mint brownie. That's one of Ross's favorites. 15 grams of protein, 110 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 5 net grams of carbs. Built Bar knows how to get it done. They're combining great taste with great health. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They'll fool you. I promise. They will fool you. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your first order. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On to get 20% off your first order. Try a mixed box so you can try all of the different flavors. You gotta love it. BuiltBar.com. Uh, we bet you'll love Built Bar so much, and when we bet on sports, we bet at Bet Online because it is the number one home that has you covered and one place that we trust here on the Locked On Podcast Network for good reason as well. Some of the best welcome bonuses and lines in the entire industry. So here's the deal. You go to betonline.ag, you sign up today for a free account. That is the key here. No entry cost, betonline.ag. But when you make your first deposit, there'll be a sign that comes up. It says promo. Yeah, of course you do because you listen to Locked On Senators podcast. Put in the promo code locked on and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. 50%. You put in $100, that's $50, bing, bang, boom, right in your virtual wallet. And you can spend that wherever you want on the site. Some overs, some unders. Pillsy's going to get to that in a moment at betonline.ag. Right now, he's finishing putting together his parlays. Pillsy's parlay of the day has been an absolute dynamite. You would be up how many units, Pillsy? At least 10 units in the past two weeks. You are on fire just hitting them left right and center what do you have today for our friends at betonline.ag so many units up ross last week so for everyone that followed along i'm pretty sure i've made your money back so you gotta love that took a night off uh, for the last pod we were recording a later episode so we weren't sure if the episode was gonna get in time for you guys to get your pillsy's parlay of the day in but we are back and I'm going to start it off. We're all watching Sens Leafs tonight, so let's get a little action on that. I'm going to put the over. It's at six and a half at plus 101. Anytime these two teams get together, I feel like there's just an abundance of goals. So, And it's always nice to cheer for goals. So six and a half is the over. And then I'm going to add on to that the Dallas Stars money line over the Nashville Predators. The Predators are just a complete garbage team lately there's even rumors that Duchesne is on the trade block so this team is just spiraling spiraling out of control the Dallas Stars money line is minus 165 combine that with the over of the Leafs sends you're going to risk 10 bucks to win 22 dollars and 28 cents let's go don't sit on the sidelines anymore get into the action and don't forget the promo code locked on 
to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Now back to our chat with the K train, Tyler Clevin. Yeah, so when uh, when you were drafted by the Senators and you knew it was all happening, how excited were you when you, you're seeing that now you get a chance to grow and develop with three other Ottawa Senators prospects at UND and Jake Sanderson, your buddy, Shane Pinto and JBD. Like what, what did that mean to you? And did you, did you really know much about JBD and Pinto before you were drafted? Um, yeah, they're, they're all great guys. And um, when I was drafted, they all congratulated me. And um, yeah, it's, it's definitely pretty special. And I mean, I obviously had no clue where I was going, but you know, it ended up being like that. And it's uh you know, it's an honor uh, being a part of the Ottawa Centers organization and all those guys help us. And they work so hard off the ice too. Just every single one of them just so dedicated to their game. And um, it's, it's fun to watch. And I think that I've, I've grown a lot too, just watching them and being around them so much. Yeah, let's focus on the defenseman since that's a position you play as well. JBD is a junior, I'm sure with Matt Kierstead being the senior. Those guys are, are likely, I don't think I'm overstepping by saying the leaders of the back end. What can you say about JBD's style of play? It just seems like he's so steady, always in the right spots. His gap control is unbelievable. Yeah, he's such a good skater. And I just think that um, it comes from his work ethic. I know that I've said that a couple times now, but it's That's so That's what you guys with, preach at NODAC, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just unbelievable just watching him. Um, he's always in the weight room working on his uh, his stretching and his hip mobility and, and his skating on the ice too. I know I go out on the ice sometimes and he comes out with me and um, we'll work on running the line or just simple skills. And, um, but yeah, I know, I, I know that that translates so well for him in the games and um, he's so successful and he's, you know, he's just a good overall player. Yeah. And I mean, the hard work preparation and practice is paying off. You guys are having a pretty good season so far. Now, last season got canceled, got cut short. A lot of the guys, especially Shane Pinto and JBD felt like there was some unfinished business. They want to go back to finish that up. What's the feeling like in the locker room this year with uh, expectations for the end of the season? Well, we all want to win, obviously. And I just think that we all have to buy into the right mindset of, um, you know, a winner mentality and, I know that we're we're two games away right now from winning our um, NCHC playoffs, and um, that's kind of on our mind right now. I know that Omaha is coming in next weekend, and we can do it um, this upcoming weekend with the next two games. So that's kind of what's on our mind, and just preparing for that. And having the playoffs soon after is something to look forward to. One, but how about the fact that it's at your home arena? I mentioned before we start recording, you guys are 4-0 in that building. There's going to be a limited number. You guys are going to have some fans being able to cheer you on, get some intensity and excitement in the building. But is that adding an extra layer, the fact that you'll be able to host that tournament? I think that's huge, especially for um, myself, too. I, I have a lot of family and friends I get to come, so I get to have that little extra burst of energy. And just having my, my family watch me, it's, it's, you know, it's really fun and um, just seeing them after the games, it's it's just fun. <laughs> like I said, it's uh, it's something that you know I didn't think that would happen this year just because of COVID. And um, but yeah, just being at home and and being able to play at the Ralph, it's it's definitely a treat. Yeah, that's awesome when you can play at home. And look, we've talked about um, the defenseman on UND, but I want to get your opinion on Shane Pinto. Like, this guy has been an absolute animal lately on a tear, a Hobie Baker nomination. What can you tell us about Pinto that uh, the viewers may not know about him? Pinto is one of the most 
competitive guys that I've ever met. Any battle, any any little game, any anything. I mean, he's just so competitive, and he wants to win everything. And his drive for the game is is like no other. And um, obviously, works his works his tail off too in the gym and on the ice, and always shooting pucks and just getting better with. You know, it's just it's fun watching him, and um, glad I get to play with them too. Well, it's easy for possession too, right? He's winning like 65% of his draws. It's unbelievable. Snap him back, Shane, as, as we're calling him on the show sometimes. And when you're looking at your own game, you stepped in as a freshman. You're playing every single night. What are you trying to improve most in your game to take it to the next level? Going to the draft, all we heard was, you know, you're big, physical, mean, tough. But we're looking at you, and you did the P.K. Subban, put it off the board, spin off a forward, and you're breaking in and showing some puck skills. Is that something that you've really tried to work on in, in the time between games? Yeah, I think that that's kind of an aspect of my game that I think that I've worked on a lot and think that you know, I, you know, I can bring a different component to my, my game as well with the offensive side. And I think that I, you know, I've tried to work on that as much as I can over the summer and just uh, work on my skating too. I want to be a, a lot faster and uh, I'm just more agile too. And just being able to you know, assess plays and jump into the rush more so I can create more offense for myself and my teammates. And, but also you know, being more defensive too, just being able to shut down plays and quickly transition it and, and go on to the offensive side. I just think that working on that stuff, um, it's going to help me out in the future and just uh, keep growing my game. Yeah, if you can combine the offensive style and defensive style, that's going to be awesome. And we were pretty stoked to see that goal, that's for sure. Now, we know uh, growing up in North Dakota, obviously you're a big uh, outdoors guy. We got some little info from your dad as well. So I want to ask you just a simple one. What's the biggest fish you ever caught? I mean, there's got to be some big stories of uh, you going out fishing in North Dakota. What's the biggest one you caught? Or was it somewhere else that uh, you went and you got a massive one? Um, I don't know what the exact size is, but I've caught some uh, pretty big northern pike and some pretty big walleyes out at Lake of the Woods in, in northern Minnesota. Go out there with my friends sometimes. And my, my buddy, I, I mentioned him earlier, Cade Sibby, um, he's got a lake place too, and I'm always out there and um, fishing with him. And, you know, it's just relaxing and a lot of fun. So. Yeah, your dad also told us you and Cade shooting up to 1,000 pucks a day sometimes. And that, that speaks to your own work ethic. I'm sure one of the reasons North Dakota was interested in you. Now, no NHL team in North Dakota. You mentioned Nicholas Cronwall. Was it the Detroit Red Wings? What team did you grow up being a fan of? I was a fan of the Chicago Blackhawks. I liked watching Duncan Keith and Jonathan Days, Patrick Kane. The list goes on and on. Just They were so successful and in the era that you know, I I grew up watching, and um, they were just such a fun team to watch. And um, yeah, it was just they're always playing the wild too. So they're always on TV and NBCSN, and um, so I got to see them a lot. And yeah, I just that was my favorite team I think growing up. But obviously, that's kind of changed now. So. Now you mentioned Jonathan Taves, obviously a UND alumni. Did you get a chance to meet him or see a lot of him play, or what was the inspiration for uh, really following along with him? I just liked how you know he was a, he's a leader since he was 19 years old in the NHL, captain of the NHL franchise, and you know it's just it's so fun to you know see how successful a guy is from North Dakota, um, come out of North Dakota, I should say. I know that his work ethic is, is unbelievable too. And just being able to surround himself with you know, the Patrick Keynes and Patrick Sharp when he was 
in his prime and Duncan Keith too. It's just, well, Sens fans know Marion Hosa's game well. Also, he was a oh, yeah. stud on that squad. Yeah, I just I, I don't know. I just something about him. Just you know, I really enjoyed watching. So you mentioned Jonathan Taves and now another UND alumni and Christian Willannon. Were you training with him this past summer? And uh, what are some of the things you were working on with him? Yeah, I got to ski with them and work out with them over the summer. Um, to some of the things that I picked up from him is his skating ability. And um, he's always got his head up when he's, when he's skating too. That's just something that I, I picked up from him and um, always being able to read plays before they happen. I think that he's, got an offensive side to him that I'm kind of looking up to. I'd, I'd obviously like to add that to my game and um, good guy off the ice works his tail off and his offensive game is kind of something I picked up. Definitely. And now he's a mainstay on the Ottawa Senators blue line. Tyler, final question for me is with being drafted by the Senators, you mentioned Will and also have you been paying more attention to, to the Sens and their youth movement? What have you thought from watching their young season? Yeah, I've actually watched um, quite a few of the games. I got the NHL package. So, Whenever I have an off night, I try to throw it on if they're playing. And I just think that uh, watching, you know, some of the younger guys like Tim Stutzel, I think that he's had um, a really good start to the season. I think that he's got six points in, in 13 games now, and he's been a big impact player for the for the Senators. I got to um, watch uh, uh, you know, quite a few of his games at the World Juniors too. And um, that Germany team, they weren't, uh, you know, really high, highly touted at all, but um, just the impact that he had playing for the for the Germans, and I got to watch him against Team Canada, and I know that um, he created some offensive chances for himself, and you know, just the impact that he has on on a team and his leadership too. I know that he was captain of that team too, so I think that that's pretty fun, and he's in the same draft as me too. So I just think that uh, you know, hopefully I can keep developing and you know play with him in the future. Yeah, he was a guest on this show, a great kid as well. So. With that being said, you guys are in the same draft class. Just a follow-up to that final question. Have you gotten to chat with, whether it's Tim or any of the other guys, of course, outside of uh, Jake who were selected with you? Um, we've had like a, like when we were first drafted, we had like a, a little meeting with uh, all the guys that were drafted and I got to introduce myself. And But, I mean, other than that, I haven't really been able to talk to all the guys yet. Well, we're really looking forward to the day the world becomes a little more normal and we get Sens Development Camp, and we're looking forward to meeting you there, Tyler. Keep up the great play at North Dakota. It seems like the perfect spot for you to continue to develop your all-around game, and Sens fans are keeping an eye on you. we got the Nodak Sens hashtag flying around on Twitter, and thanks for taking the time, Tyler. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. Appreciate it. Stick taps to Tyler Clevin for joining us on Locked On Senators. Appreciate University of North Dakota for hooking us up as well. We're going to be locked in at nchc.tv for the remaining North Dakota Fighting Sens games. And it's always a great hashtag, Nodak Sens on Twitter. Sens Prospects gets involved. Great video content coming from him. And it's awesome when the team's prospects are the top players out there as well because they're really leading the charge. And how high can this team get? We will see. The Belleville Senators hope to achieve that type of success. We had high hopes for them. They haven't quite gotten there. They're back in action tomorrow, so stay tuned for tomorrow's Locked On Senators. We'll have a full preview of that game as well. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter as well, at Send Central. Always appreciate feedback and reviews. If you want to write one on any of the podcast apps, we do appreciate 
that. Pillsy, we had our lookout. We had our locked-on players for tonight's game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, Ottawa Senators, 7 o'clock, TSN. I'll be producing it at TSN 1050 as well. What's your key to an Ottawa Senators victory? Well, my key for the Sens to beat the Leafs, and I feel like this is usually how the Senators do beat the Leafs, and this may sound a little simple, but I'll get into it. It's the Sens just need to play their game. Like, if you start getting into a trap where the Leafs start making you uh, play a run-and-gun style of game, you're done. If you start getting uh, undisciplined and taking penalties because you're frustrated, with the Leafs power play clicking at 34.1%, You're done if that happens. The Senators need to make the simple plays that they've been doing. They've been successful. Sure, maybe the the winning results aren't always there, but these last four, five games even, they've been playing great hockey. And the Sens actually are third in the league in shots four per game. Like they're getting pucks on net. So play your simple style game and don't let the Leafs try to trick you into trying to play their game of fast speed. Be dirty, be physical get block shots, quick shifts, all these kinds of things you need to do consistently. If when you're a last place team in a division going up against a first place team in a division, you, you got to just take your chances when you get them and you got to capitalize. So the senators need to play their game and don't get tied into chasing after guys like Matthews and Marner. Don't let them fool you. Ottawa's penalty kill sits at 74.6%. That's 24th in the league, but they've been better recently for me. It's discipline. This Toronto power play is third in the National Hockey League, clicking at 34%. If you give them three power plays, chances are they're going to score on one of them. So keep yourself out of the penalty box. However, I do want them to play the style you're talking. Get in on the forecheck. This could be one of those games where you're like, okay, now I see why Austin Watson was brought in. He needs to be hard on these Leafs defensemen who sometimes have trouble moving the puck out of their own end. If there's one Achilles heel on this Leafs team, that's it. Is that Muzzin or the Bogosian, some of these more defensive mind defensemen, they almost went too far the other way. They tried to build this decor with all these, these smaller players. And then now they're trying to go back the other way. CC came through, obviously didn't work out, but now they brought in Bogosian. Muzzin's actually a good defenseman. But the guy who I'm looking out on that decor is a guy who maybe you can take advantage of who hasn't been tested too much this season is Justin Hall. And I actually really like him. I think he's a good player. And when you're a healthy scratch 71 times in a season and you carve out an NHL role, that's pretty impressive in itself. Mike Babcock just hated Justin Hall. But, hey, I respect what uh, what come up he's gotten. But do you remember I tweeted about that last week? I got absolutely torched for tweeting about the Leafs on my personal account. Yeah, well, anytime you're uh, a host of the Locked On Senators podcast and you're tweeting hashtag Leafs forever, that's kind of gross. I know. It's just the fact that they have the logo come up when you, when you put the certain words from each team. I just wish it was the team's name, like Leafs, hashtag Sens, hashtag Habs. But they have this weird one. Like for the Sens, it's hashtag Go Sens Go. So I don't know. I don't, I'll take the blame. A hand up on that one. I'll, I'll hand up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how you're going to weasel your way out of that can't, one. Can't. No, I'm in the I'm in the trolley tracks. The K train would absolutely pulverize me if I was doing this on, on the hockey rink. But yeah, I'm just in a mental pretzel when it comes to tweeting. So don't worry, guys. I will do better. I will try my best. But hey, when it's Ottawa, Toronto, you know that you can throw out the standings. And oh, betonline.ag hasn't figured that out. So make sure you go there right now. The Ottawa Senators paying plus 400 <laughs> For a regulation time win, plus 400 
for a regulation win. Those are the same odds I got the game that Ottawa beat Montreal. So that's just a little word of the wise if you're this deep into the podcast. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Tyler Clevin. If you want more of that, comment on our post on Twitter and we'll be, we'll just show that to the North Dakota media guy and then he'll hopefully we can get the rest of the Nodak sends on. But we do appreciate them being our um, our middleman on this one and we do follow along because it's great to cheer for a team that's in first place in the NCHC, which hopefully Belleville can get to in one day your Ottawa Senators. For today, we say goodbye. Enjoy the Battle of Ontario. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.